1: listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Best friends forever. Fantasy best friends forever.
0: Our number 2 of the Fantasy Best Friends Forever is live with you here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. We are joined for Hour 2, as we are each and every day, by The Closer, Chris Venture. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, The Closer,
2: here, Hour 2. Let's talk about a little Joey Lucchese, maybe? A little Aaron Nola. Not much to talk about My when guys. it comes to Lucchese. No, 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 listen. I, did you watch that game? No. I did not. Okay, I did. Um, <laughs> I, was too, I was watching Kershaw, man. It was the game of the night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched parts of that too. But I was, the Brooklyn Nets were also on. There's a lot going on, so I was just flipping back and forth to a lot of things. Oh, they weren't really on once the fourth quarter started. Yeah, that was over. I you that. that much. Um, they did keep it close for a while, though. For a while, um, not the third quarter. No, but the, they started they were getting out blown scored out. like 51. They started like getting... 23 or something like that. <laughs> I knew that was coming because they beat him. You know, they beat him handily in the first game. So I figured Philadelphia was pissed losing at home. Ben Simmons just took it to a new level. I feel like in that game. And that's what he has, to do yeah, he has
3: to if do if the that. 76ers are going to compete at all. I mean, right. he's got to be that aggressive. I was watching the game on Saturday, Greg, and, and something I kept noticing was, and you saw it a few times, like Ben Simmons in the paint, like, uh, like uh, just posting up a, uh, another point guard. Why wouldn't he do that every single play? No idea. He's a 6'8 point guard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like, that's, I was watching the game and saying to myself, why is Ben Simmons either driving to the rack, not driving to the rack, or, be, or, or posting up an opposing guard? Every single play. I don't care that you can't shoot. Yeah. If you can't shoot within 10 feet of the basket, then you shouldn't be in the NBA. Yeah.
2: But, like, he's way bigger than everyone. He's just just living the paint, dude. Right. And and even still, like, you should be driving because you're awesome at that. You're stronger than these guys. You have great moves. You're athletic. Like, he's, you know, he's not Giannis, but he has the mold of a Giannis or or a LeBron. Like, he could do everything but shoot. Uh, And then even if he is getting double teamed down in the paint, you dish it out. Just shout out to somebody while you're driving in. Yeah. For an Just open shout out
3: look. To, uh, to Tobias Harris. He could shoot or J.J. Redick.
2: Yeah. Somebody. You got talent around there. Butler. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, Lucchese. He, he, first of all, he, he, there was an inning where he walked the guy, gave up a hit, right? First and second. There's a, Ian Desmond hits a single, a looping liner, a very weak single to right field that should have actually been caught by Fran Miel Reyes. My sister would have caught the ball. That's how slow. Fran Mill Reyes' he had to go five feet to make that catch and he had to dive and he still dropped it no he's nobody horrible. nobody said
3: that we're drafting him for his field yeah he's <laughs> terrible
2: he's horrible that that cost them two runs right there anybody else in the league would have caught that so that was one run it was a looping liner that was two runs and the other three two of them were homers one was a uh Charlie Blackman hitting a, a weak ground at a first with a guy on third one out so you know the run scored he didn't really give up too many hard hits he gave up the two two home runs so, it really wasn't as bad of an outing as you might think. And, you know, when I saw that he went seven innings last
3: night, I was surprised. Because, you know, the Padres usually pull their pitchers early. So, he was still pretty efficient. Yeah. So, I understand what you're saying. He was able to go seven innings here. Right. Uh, you know, and, and the whip wasn't terrible. Seven hits and two walks in, in, se- in seven innings pitch. Yeah. That's not terrible. But, uh, just not a lot of swinging strikes. Only had four strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Ah, Not a typical. This is where I kind of worry about Lucchese, where within the division, right? So, teams that have seen him before, as interesting of a pitch is that he uses, that like change up curveball thing that he uses, Mm -hmm. he's still just a two pitch pitcher. So, obviously, the more you see him, the easier it is going to be for you to pick up on things on him because he only throws two pitches. Mm -hmm. So, he's got to develop. This is kind of what I worry about. It's pitching within the division. It's like these guys see you multiple times and. Mm They figure you out because you only throw two pitches. Well, he
2: is trying to develop that third pitch. Um, That more of a looping, huge curveball thing that he throws, which got shelled by Nolan Arenado. Like, he just (laughs) hung it. Don't throw it to Nolan Arenado. Yeah, don't throw it to Nolan Arenado and hang it in the middle of the zone. It was like a huge looping curve that he threw. And, I don't know, I mean, I just think that he only gave two runs up until the sixth inning. So, I think he just needs to bear down, develop that pitch better, and you'll see him progress as the season goes on, I think. You know? I think he'll get better.
0: What I want to point out is from the other side, Antonio Sensatella, and I understand it was in San Diego, and we talk about these Rockies pitchers all the time. Six and two-thirds is his first start of the year. Six hits, only run allowed was a solo shot. Struck out four, walked one. That's a really good start from Sensatella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've seen this before from him <laughs> last year, right? I don't know why we say, yeah, it's a great start. It,
3: it was. I'm not going to dispute that, but he's like we have enough data regarding him at yeah. this point. Like, 230 innings pitched in the major leagues. To me, he's a jag, Greggy. I feel like we have enough, unless he starts doing something differently than you know than he's done before, because then I could buy in. But using his four team fastball seventy two percent of the time yesterday, Greg, and it's basically on par with his career. He's, you know, right around sixty nine percent nice on his fastball usage in his career, but you know, just relies on it so much and you know, he pitches in Colorado, so Maybe he's like a streamer in deeper leagues, like on the road. But outside of that, to me, he's just a jag. Sorry, Bud.
2: Yeah, I'm not really in on him.
3: I know you. You find these like weird players that you just fall in love with, like Jimmy Yacobonis oh! and Antonio oh! Sensatella.
0: I don't fall in love with Sensatella for no reason at all. Really. I don't. I don't fall in love with uh, about in love with the Rockies players. I thought Sensatella had a nice outing last night. I thought you just dismissed he him did. very quickly.
3: Uh, that is a fact, Greg. Factually, he did have a very
0: nice start yesterday. But Jimmy Yacobonis, huh? <laughs> Big Jimmy John yesterday in Boston. Is he gonna
3: be the next closer of the
0: Oreos, Greg? Not. Do they have a closer? <laughs> they don't. Do you wanna rant about it again? I don't. Alright. Jimmy bonus here he comes. Alright, can we <laughs> what do he do?
3: Can we talk about something? Idiot Fair, no runs
0: allowed. Can we talk about something useful, Greg? <laughs> sure. Uh, not only did Jose Ramirez get on the board, but Nick Butil has not got on the board two days in a row as Arenado homered another solo shot uh, yesterday for this Rockies team. Ian Desmond homered as well, off of Joey Lucchese. Yep, right off of him. Good to see uh, Arenado finally getting a little hot. Will Myers had his fourth homer of the season yesterday. Myers, another guy we haven't talked about all that much. One for four, the run scored, batting 295 on the year, uh, batting cleanup last night. I don't own any Will Myers, so I don't really have a preference on him, but how has he been, guys, other than the numbers I just read?
3: So I'm looking at the batted ball data here, and his barrel percentage, Greg, has been great. I mean, it's 14.6%. So he's he's making optimal contact more than ever before. His average exit velocity is up the season as well. He's hitting 295. His expected batting average is 270. So you know, it's not like he's on par. He's he's not like severely outperforming what's yeah. expected out of him. I still worry about the strikeouts. He's always kind of been around a you know 20. 27, 26 percent strikeout range guy this year. He's at 31 percent, but hitting the ball very hard. Too uh, bad. Raising the launch angle a little bit this season compared to last year, and the average exit velocity is up. I think we know that Will Myers is a talented player. It just it all comes down to health for him, and you know that's a very standard thing to say. But he's already got four home runs and two stolen bases on the year. Yeah. But as long as he can stay healthy, you know what you're going to get. You're probably going to get close to 25 home runs and you know 15 to 20 stolen bases, and yeah. that's fine. And he has multi-position eligibility with third and outfield because he played some third base last season. Right. So as and long as he can stay stats. healthy, he's, he's, he's going to be valuable. It's just how long can he stay healthy and for? And he should sure. have pretty good counting stats uh, with this lineup now.
2: That it's better than it's ever been. Oh, for sure. I mean, look, um, batting,
3: batting cleanup for the Padres lineup, that's a, that's a great spot to be in right now. Yeah. You know, right behind Machado, and now Fran Morales is batting second for this team. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find ways to get him going.
2: They're leading Margot so like off, it. too.
3: He's been, he's, been he's been hot, too. He's been hot, too. You know what I think more than ever before, Greg, that I think can help Will Myers, especially because he plays in the outfield, and he was much more valuable a couple of years ago when he played first base because he didn't have to run around in the outfield as much and not prone to getting injured, mm-hmm. is that they have a little bit more depth. So, they, you know, while we want our players in fantasy to play every single day, mm-hmm. with a player like Will Myers, they have to be smart about the way that they use him. they got to give him off an extra day or two per week because he's a guy that's been injury prone. But if it's something that's going to keep him healthy, I'm okay with it Yeah, as a fantasy owner. You know, like, regarding guys that have been hurt in the past, if this is what you need to do to keep him healthy and and give us that shot at getting 25 home runs and 15 to 20 stolen bases, whereas, you know, you give him off a day here or there and maybe he only plays 135, 140 games, but if it keeps him healthy and he plays well, I'm
2: fine with it. Because he'll give you quality production.
3: And they have that luxury in this piece. season because they have depth. They
2: have mm-hmm. Fran
3: Mulreyes, and they have Hunter Renfro, and they have Manuel Margot. So, right.
2: and he's I think it actually works out well for Myers. And he's still playing more often than not. I mean, he's, not, you know, yeah, he's he's a, pretty a, much every look, day. If they play six games, he's going to play at least five of them. Right. So, I'm not, well, listen, I have him in a lot of I have him like two or three places, I think. so. And I've been fine with him. You know, it's a guy that I just, it's a guy I always like to have in my, in my lineup. People kind of sleep on him sometimes, and you get him a little later than the the really good guys. So I like to grab him as like a third outfielder or something like that, and
0: he does the job. Unless he gets hurt, he does the job, man. He, he produces. Last night in Miami, the Cubs defeated the Marlins seven to two. It was Yu Darvish going five and two thirds 4 hits, two runs, four walks. He struck out eight. Just missed out on the quality start. Pitched a heck of a lot better than Trevor Richards did, who went four and two thirds, four hits, five runs. He walked four. Oh, what's that? We we
3: have a, a Mike in Los Angeles on the line.
0: Uh, Mike, let's go to you. Mike in L.A., what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> what, uh, we know. Oh,
3: what, what do you say? <laughs> we oh, know. Are, oh, we're hearing from Mike in Los Angeles right now. Mike, well, yes. are you? Yeah. Guys, the, the up was still really good. Um, you know, he just he, he got hit. With I would little, like to hear this. He got he got hit with a little dink and dumps yesterday, and you know the command wasn't great early on, but he really turned it around. Uh, you know, he was unlucky from a few fielding situations, but uh, I still have a lot of faith in, in Trevor Richards. I think he's going to be a top twenty pitcher this year.
0: <laughs> guys, in all seriousness, though, you went you specifically, Frank and <laughs> a Florida, to Mike, he's going to kill me. You guys went off about these Marlins pitchers, how amazing they are, like a, a week ago, and now we just made fun of Trevor Richards. Yeah. He started him. For Caleb time. Smith, who was like four. I just fourth. made
3: fun of Florio because it feels like he just makes excuses. Like, if anything ever goes wrong for Trevor Richards. But, Greg, for the most part, and I'm just joking around. For the most part, Trevor Richards has been great. You know, the three starts before this, while, you know, the walks have been issues, he's given you a quality start. Three sure. starts in a row to start the season. Sure. And then he runs into a Chicago Cubs lineup yesterday. That's very good.
2: Yeah. They just, very, mash. You know, just mash. Cubs
3: just mash. Sure. Outside of uh, Javier Baez, who's Good, but in a different way than everyone else. Everyone else in this lineup is very disciplined, Greg. They're going to take their pitches. (laughs) You know, he's going to swing it, whatever. Everything. He'll he'll just throw his bat at it, and somehow he'll get a hit out of it. But everyone else in this lineup, Greg, is very disciplined, and they're going to take their walks. And you saw that yesterday. Another four walks for Trevor Richards, and he hit a batter. And I was watching this start because, watching it very closely, because I have one share of you, Darvish, in a home league, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to see if he can turn it around. So obviously I was watching Trevor Richards on the other side as well. And he ran into trouble in that final inning. This is something that he does normally. Trevor Richards gets off to a slow start early on, uh, struggles with command. It's exactly what he did in the first. He had like bases loaded. I think he walked in a run, and then he gave up a single. And before you know it, he gives up three runs in the first inning. And he hit a batter too, uh, but he settled down for the next three or four innings after that. And then when he was in the fifth, he ran into this trouble. But for the most part, he was giving up a lot of hard contact that I saw yesterday. A lot of balls just dying on the warning track. It seemed like he was a little bit fortunate. It- to be pitching in Marlins Park yesterday. But guess what? He's gonna be pitching in Marlins Park all season this year, Greg. So he's he's gotta get the 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 command right. He can't walk as many batters as he yeah. does because when he faces a good lineup like the Cubs, they're gonna take advantage. That's the biggest issue for Trevor Richards. But the fact that he pitches in Marlins Park and, and what I saw from him yesterday is that's gonna help him. That's yeah. gonna help him. Because, you know, normally in other places where these would be home runs, they weren't yesterday in Marlins Park.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Listen, I think he's obviously better than this. Um, I think he's a guy you could stream all year. I started him for two this week, confident in him. Uh, obviously, he got shelled here, but I'm sure he'll make it up in the next start. But, like, it's not a guy you want to really drop unless you see something really good him. Yeah, I wouldn't drop dropping. Trevor Richards. He ran of into this the start. Cubs lineup. Yeah. Look at his first three
3: starts. He was great.
2: Yeah, I'm not dropping him for that.
3: He's got to no get way. the command right, though. He can't walk this many batters because, again, When he faces the Phillies, who are in the division, when he faces the Nationals, the Mets, if you walk this many guys, given the bats that they have, when they make contact with with men on base, bad things are going to happen, you know? So that can't be a recipe for you. He's predominantly a, a fastball changeup pitcher. Everything works off that changeup. We know that. But if he's not spotting the fastball and the changeup well, and I was listening to the Marlins' radio broadcast on the way home,
2: Oh, that's, those are going to be the games where he's going to run into big, big problems. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think that's what you should expect because you drafted him as an SP, you know, 6, 7, so whatever, eight, He's your whatever. back end. He's your back end. Sure. He's going to get blown up once in a while, and you're expecting that. But if he could give you two really good games before every blow up, I'll take it.
3: Or in this case, he gave you three quality starts there to start the season before a blow up here, Greg. So I still do have an, a faith in Trevor Richards, Trevor Richards and... The swinging strikes have been awesome this year. but And, and I'm sure Mike would tell you this, too. Uh, he's got to be better with his command, especially early on in starts. There is
2: a guy I'm pissed that uh, I didn't get anywhere this year. Wilson Contreras, who's absolutely hitting
0: bombs. We'll we get to Wilson bombs. Contreras in one second. You kind of uh, skipped over but you talk about Trevor Richards. So you yeah, well,
3: I was doing sh- one pitch at a time. You know. He jumps
0: right over to, to you, Darvish. You just missed out on the quality starts. I know he's been really bad to start off the year. This is his best start yet. He still walked four guys. Yeah. But the strikeouts eight was was nice to see. It's against the Marlins. What Frank can we take away from this?
3: Yeah, I'll give you the pros and cons real quick here for for Darvish because there was uh, there was a lot that I liked. Obviously, in this start, um, he goes deeper than he has um, than usual regarding you, Darvish. This was the first time, and credit to the Cubs broadcast, first time that he's gone at least five innings in back to back starts as a member of the Cubs. That's terrible. How crazy that's is that? Terrible. That's How ridiculous. How crazy of a stat. And this isn't the furthest he's gone, because last year he did go six innings a few times, but it was never in consecutive starts. So first time in back-to-back starts that he's gone at least five innings for the Cubs. So I guess that's a pro. That's a, that's a positive takeaway here for you, Darvish. And the fact that Greg he, his fastball was maxing out at 98.7 miles per hour. And in that final inning, in the sixth inning, he was hitting 98.99 quite regularly. And he, he was a little... Uh, pissed off at the, at the home plate umpire because he wasn't getting a few calls. So I wonder if he was just kind of like amped up and, you know, he was just gearing back and throwing a little bit harder yesterday. But this is what we said about him. He's slowly working himself back into game shape and he's starting to throw harder now. And, you know, there was a lot of great break and there was a lot of great movement on his pitches yesterday, but still, again, struggled with the walks. If you're going to walk four or five batters, you can get away with it against the Marlins. But when you're pitching in the National League Central, When you're going up against the Brewers and the Reds and the Cardinals and you're walking four or five guys, it's not going to work. It's not going to work, you Darvish. So I like what I saw yesterday, Greg. He had 13 swinging strikes. He goes deeper into his start. He's throwing harder. Uh, He had the eight strikeouts. That's fine. It's a get-right performance against the Miami Marlins. There was a lot of good that I took away from this, but four walks, hit a batter as well. (laughs) Lewis Brinson almost ended his chance at having kids, by the way. He got hit right in the thigh. With, the, with a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. Locked in. There's still a lot of bad here with Darvish.
0: Speaking of bad, we're going to talk about the bad with the Cubs' lineup and the good when it comes to Wilson Contreras. We break down the Cubs and we continue on from last night here in the BFFs.
1: Weekend Fantasy Update. Like you said, I've been beating this drum forever about the home plate umpire. I think they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. I think, uh, you know, the K-Zone Quest Deck only shows it um, when you see it on TV. I gotta say that's not perfect. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But what I like about the K-Zone and Quest Deck, at least the strike zone would be the same for everybody. There'd be no more mm-hmm. of this bull crap of one player or one pitcher having a different strike zone than the next. You know, some players, the umpire is giving the benefit of the doubt to. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
0: Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So, let's pay some bills while we're here. We're paying our own bills, but, you know, pay them anyway. Tune in to Game Time Decisions on the FNTSY Radio Network weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time as Game and Cam help you navigate through the sports wagering landscape, living vicariously through their addictive lives. The show is available on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. iHeart, tune in and... You can catch the video right here on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page or wherever you watch OTT. It's Game Time Decisions with Gavin and Cam, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Guys, we break down the pitching when it came to the Cubs and the Marlins. Let's break down the hitting. I'll start with the good first because we're positive people on the show. We're the show of positivity. Chris <laughs> Wilson Contreras has been uber, hard, uber hot to start the year. He had his sixth home run of the yeah. year already. And he's now batting 341 with an OVP of .471. He's disgustingly hot. Yeah. And he's one of the top catchers off the board. Yet you said you're upset you don't have any shares of him. Yeah, I missed. Um, I guess because, like,
2: remember we were talking about this, like we waited for that, the end of that tier? Yep. So I wanted to get the last one in that tier because it's catcher, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's very hit to miss. Uh, but I did like Wilson Contreras coming in. I did have him ranked ahead of like Wilson Ramos and stuff. But I ended up getting Wilson Ramos because he ended up being the guy of that tier that fell the furthest. Uh, I got him in two places. Those are two places I probably would have got Contreras because I was targeting a catcher. And I'm upset I didn't even at least get him in one place. And I have seven leagues, so it's kind of frustrating. I, I do. I always, you I've had him seven before. leagues. Um, I like you I, only had like two or three home leagues. Now you got seven. I have two home oh, this leagues, guy. Um and I have I have that best ball league with you, which I count. You know, it's small but whatever. I have a Goon Squad League, I have uh, our pit league, and, and I have another league with a, a, a fan of the show, Shane. I mean a, one of his leagues. A kid named Shane. All right. Shane from Colorado, I believe. Yeah, sure, Shane yeah, P. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, seven leagues.
3: Seven leagues and, and no Wilson Contreras.
2: No Wilson Contreras. I ended up with
3: one share of Wilson Contreras, Greg. He wasn't in a void for me. I agree. I had him in that tier. Obviously, I think everyone did of you know the, the top catchers right. after Sanchez and Rio Muto. But he was in that same you know Wilson Ramos and Yasmani Grandal. Yes, yes. Uh, and I had him in that tier, but I had him last of that tier, and I had him ahead of Buster Posey, uh, who I barely even consider in that tier anymore. Yeah. But and I think this is a good transition into something else as well, Greg. Wilson Contreras was always someone who hit too many ground balls.
0: Absolutely. And yeah.
3: this year. His fly ball rate is all the way up to 46%. His previous high in terms of fly ball percentage is 30.7%, Greg. So he's hitting the ball hard, uh, you know, 43% hard hit rate. He's squaring the ball up this year and hitting more fly balls than ever before. He was always a guy who just hit too many balls into the ground. And this year he's lifting it more and he's hitting more home runs as a result. And last night, that was a bomb. That was like left center field. Yeah. It was basically where the, the sculpture used to be for, for in Marlins Park, but it's not there anymore, uh, and it would have hit off of it, but it was a bomb. So it, it's not like, you know, this wasn't a cheapie either. So this, regarding Wilson Contreras, and, and this happens with a few players every single year, you have to trust the talent at some point, the, the prospect pedigree and, you know, what got you this far. Uh, rather than just looking at last year, because we knew last year was just a disaster for him. He only had 10 home runs. He had 249. uh, There was clearly something going on. But if you just trust that he has the talent, and we had all these big expectations just two years ago for him, and he hit 21 home runs two years ago, uh, then you would have known, and you you knew that you were getting him at a discount. Right. And ultimately, that is what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. But he's lifting the ball, Greg, much like someone else who hit three home runs last night. Christian Yelich.
0: Yelich is, is very good.
3: Dude, yeah,
2: I know. Headphones are just
3: constantly going in and out. Right? Are they? I'm, 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 well, so, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that.
2: Um, I was going to say, I agree with that. So, like, Contreras, he, he didn't really get him at too much of a discount, I don't think, because catcher is such a bad position, so how much are you going to fall? You know, the talent's there. The guy always hit the ball hard. I think the issue is what you said, Frank, ground ball guy, right? He's still hitting the ground, ground balls at a high rate, 43% of the time, right? So, um, And his bad bit worries me a little bit. It's 364 right now. Is really high for him. I think obviously that's going to go down, but he is having a really hot start to the season. So we're expecting some sort of regression, right? I just hope the power stays relevant and his fly ball rate stays over that, you know, 45, 46% mark of where he's at right now. Uh, if it stays like that, he's got to hit 20, 25 homers easy and still bat, you know, 270, something like that.
0: I took Wilson Contreras in my home league in the 13th round. Uh, I feel pretty good about it.
3: Was he an yeah. active target of yours, or was he just, oh, I want someone from this he tier, just ended up he was falling. the one that was left?
0: So Yadier Molina was actually left in that tier. He went around or so later. Uh, I liked Contreras more than Molina. I know you had it Smart. reversed, I believe. Yep. Um, but I, I think at the time, if I remember correctly, it was almost like he was the highest guy on the board. Like, I knew I needed to fill catcher. I thought there was a significant drop-off if you didn't get Wilson... Or, or Yachty, you're going like the Danny Jansen tier, and you're just taking a shot, basically. Right. So I thought Contreras was a guy that you take a shot, and he's pretty, he, he yeah. used to be pretty good. Yeah. So, so I took a shot at my home league, and obviously through the first two weeks, uh, it, it's worked out pretty okay. Now, it's worked out for Wilson Contreras, but it hasn't worked out for Mr. Groundball RBI himself, Anthony Rizzo. And we drafted Anthony Rizzo in Yahoo last year, because of me, admittedly, because I pushed forward because he had that second base eligibility. And oh, I remember that. And yeah. we constantly would have the ground ball RBIs, and we made it a joke calling <laughs> it the Anthony Rizzo, the fielder's choice for an RBI. And he's basically up to his old tricks again. Yesterday, Rizzo went 0-3, scoring a run. He walked twice. The OBP sits <laughs> at a pretty healthy 348. The mm-hmm. But the average, of you're in a standard 5 by 5 league, is 182. And we get, I'm getting questions now. Should I be nervous about Anthony Rizzo? What do I do about Anthony Rizzo? And I'll point to this. In his career in the month of March and or April, he's a 237 hitter. Yeah, he's a slow starter. Every single year, yeah. he bats 237. I mean, the average is 237. He is significantly worse early than he is late. As the weather gets warmer in May and June and July and August. He gets better and better. He gets better and better. So, in the first half, traditionally, he heats up once the weather gets hotter. This is not a surprise to me what Anthony Rizzo's doing. If you drafted him, you're going to have to stay the course. You can't get anything from him right now. Things are going to get better for Anthony but, Rizzo.
2: But, it, on the other side, if you're a guy that drafted like a Matt Olsen or somebody that's not producing and you need a first baseman, if people aren't aware about Rizzo's sure. history, take advantage. <laughs> sure. Take advantage of the dude who doesn't and try to buy Rizzo at, at this low right now. Perfect buy-low candidate. Hitting 182 right now, so I think you could get some. You know, you could get him for not not giving away too
0: much. Frank, I know you're not the Anthony Rizzo guy. You never will be again. But
2: <laughs> no, don't say it like
3: that, Craig.
0: Are <laughs> you nervous about Anthony Rizzo at all?
3: Uh, no, not necessarily, because he has still has three homers. He has 13 runs scored Ten and 10 RBIs. Yeah. So the counting stats are there, and you you're talking about a guy who people are worried about. I get it. He's hitting 182, but at least you know, unlike Jose Ramirez, who who's hitting 150 and has like no counting stats. Outside of stolen bases, Anthony Rizzo is hitting 182, but the counting
2: stats are still there. That's because his team's a lot better. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. He's hitting three homers. That but that's but that's part of it. That's why, yeah. like you can even when Anthony Rizzo is slumping, his team is so good around him that the counting stats are gonna be fine. Like mm. he again, 13 runs scored, 10 ribbies, and he's still he's hitting the ball extremely hard, according to Fangrass, fifty percent hard hit rate. But he's hitting, he's hitting a lot of fly balls, too. like Maybe a little bit too many. He's hitting 50% fly ball rate. So, yeah, that's still a
2: good sign. And yeah. I know
3: Jason Hayward is a guy who's uh, hitting more fly balls, so I almost wonder if it's like an organizational philosophy thing. That they're trying to hit the ball in the air a little bit more this year. Mm-hmm. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Greg, when you first introduced it, was that he's a slow starter. And he's typically always been... I don't know if it's the cold weather, whatever it might be. Uh, the Cubs have played in some very suboptimal weather to start the season. I it know they're, Chicago. Yeah, in they're in Marlin's Park now, so it's a little bit better there, but it's not a hitter's park. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's a two thirty seven hitter in April and and March, and then look at every other month in in his career: May two seventy, June two eighty two, July two sixty six, August two eighty two, so September consistent. October two seventy, so consistent. Like, so you yeah. know he's going to get better.
2: Yeah. You and know, you should have known this coming in. He's always a slow starter. Yes, and, so. he, and he's always consistently ends up with similar numbers year in and year out, right? Um, and the other thing, this is why I say I like guys that walk a lot. Even when he's in a slump, he's producing because he's getting on base. He's pr- getting runs scored. Like, he's still got 13. He hasn't been hitting well. Uh, so you want those guys that have great play, play discipline because even when your guy is slumping, he's still doing some sort of production for you. He's not a complete zero like other guys out there who might have power but don't walk very much at all, then they're complete zeros when they're in a slump. You don't want that. That's why I like these guys like Rizzo. Um, Jose Ramirez, he walks a lot, obviously, as well. Uh, so he's fine. You know, he's getting the stolen bases. He's still producing even though, you know, he's batting for such a low average. I mean, guys are just going to get into slumps. That's, baseball. That's the nature of the game, you know. It happens
0: to everybody. Let's move on, gentlemen, and let's hit up the Twins and the Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays won this one, uh, five to three. There's a couple of things I want to take away. I want to start with Martin Perez. I think this was his first start of the year, right, Frank? Yes. So, it was his first start of the year, there's it was a guy you were very high on coming into this year, and it's funny, because I own Martin Perez at some point every single year. He's, he's, been a, so he's been around so long. He's been around so long, and he's always a guy that, for a while, gives you a lot of quality starts, like six innings, three runs, six innings, three runs. Ground ball pitcher, heavy. Correct. Mm-hmm. And the reason Frank was high on him is because I believe he added a pitch and the velocity went up. So yesterday against the Blue Jays, which is a tasty matchup, Mm -hmm. I didn't pick him up because I do not know how long the the length would be. I I wasn't sure what we were going to get. What we got was six innings of seven-hit ball, one run. He walked two, he struck out five, throwing 86 pitches in the outing. It was a good start for Martin Perez. What did you see, Frank, and are you encouraged?
3: Definitely, definitely encouraged. And you mentioned the fastball velocity being up. That's something that we were tracking throughout the spring. And we mentioned, you know, we might have a Charlie Morton situation on our hands here regarding Martin Perez, whereas in his career, 92.6 mile per hour average fastball velocity. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, he averaged 95.2 miles per hour on his fastball. And that was throughout the course of an entire start. So it's not like, all right, they were just using him for a few innings in relief and his velocity went up. No, he did it for the entirety of the start. So... The fastball velocity is up about two three miles per hour, Greg. And he threw a cutter twenty seven times yesterday on eighty six pitches. Uh, entering tonight, he had a few relie- uh, entering last night. He had uh, a few relief appearances where he was throwing the cutter about twenty six percent of the time. But that was a pitch that he never used before this season, Greg. So we're talking about a guy who has increased velocity by two or three miles per hour on the fastball. Added a new pitch. He's using a cutter, and he's a guy that's going to get around fifty percent ground ball. What's not to like, right? Am I missing something here? Because this reminds me of a Charlie
2: Morton-type situation. I would say that similar, but I think a better comp to the Charlie Morton situation is Matthew Boyd because of the Ks. Yeah. Like, the Ks have skyrocketed now for Boyd since his velocity went up. Uh, that's what happened to Charlie Morton. I think what you're going to add to Martin Perez is, yeah, you'll get maybe probably more Ks just because the velocity went up, but he's not really a K pitcher. He never really was. I feel like he's more of just a ground ball guy. He could be efficient and economical. And that might lead to longer outings. So maybe he's a guy that could be good in the sense that he could give you a strong seven innings down the line at some point. Maybe only five or six Ks as opposed to eight or nine, but still quality. You know what I mean? So I do like all the things you said. The cutter being a new pitch, the velocity up. These are all great signs. Definitely a guy to watch, maybe even to pick up. I mean, like we always say, we should pick him up sooner rather than later before he's gone, right? You think this is a guy we should pick up
0: sooner rather than later,
2: Frank?
3: I do. Okay. I do.
0: I'm Next start is against Baltimore this yeah. weekend.
3: I actually wrote him up on Patreon as a two-star pitcher that I liked, assuming he stays in the rotation for that second start, but I don't know why the Twins would get away from him. It's not like they have the best pitching staff known to man. It's like Jake Odorizzi and Kyle Gibson have not been good. Mm-hmm. Outside of Jose Berrios and Pineda's been alright too. Yeah. It's like you don't you don't have the best pitching staff of all time, so why wouldn't Martin Perez be in your rotation? Right. And I know to start the season um, he was the fifth starter and you know, a lot of teams kind of finagle their way out of like, okay, we don't have to use this guy for the first couple of weeks because of off days, so on and so forth. That's why Brad Peacock ended up in the rotation, uh, in the bullpen for the Astros to start the year. But now I think Martin Perez has this newfound fastball velocity has this new cutter. I think he should get an opportunity to start
2: yeah. for the Minnesota twins. Why, why wouldn't he? Exactly. Yeah, you're right. And he's better than most of the options they have. Even more so for the fact that he does have a lot of MLB experience under his belt, which is important. Well, when he was, you was want a former a good, you know, big prospect, Greg. A long time I can, ago. A long time ago, <laughs> yeah,
3: with, with, the, with the Texas Rangers. Sure. Yeah. It never came to fruition, but when you see a little spike like this and, and adding a new pitch, I, th- I think you have to be intrigued. Yes. Uh, I'm intrigued this weekend at Baltimore. It could be a move I make as we get closer. To 1% the owned on Yahoo. Nobody knows yet. So, We're telling you now. Frank's yeah. telling you now. Get on, get on the phone, open up another tab, go to Yahoo. Go before your league. <laughs> open it. up your league because, wow, only 1% on. It's very surprising, Greg. Yeah.
0: On the other side, the shoe went six innings, allowed four hits, three runs. He walked four, struck out four. The ERA still sits at 1.75. Venture, what do you think of the shoe's performance?
2: I think this is more along the lines of what you'll get from him. It's on. not terrible. Hour. It's not terrible, but it's not that, you know, he's not going to have a 1.75 ERA at the end of the season, right? So, like, this is more of what you're going to hope for. Like, a nice quality start. You don't want to see four walks, right? You want to see less than that. But, and the Ks, you know, what do you have? Only four Ks? So, like, I feel like this is what you'll see more of, but with less walks, not three walks. And once in a while, he will, you know, get bombed. But for the most part, if he could give you a quality start, you're happy with what Shoemaker's giving you. Because, listen, you picked him up off the waiver of wire. Let's be honest with ourselves. That's all you could hope for is good quality starts out of the guy. And he ran into trouble
3: yesterday. The one bad pitch that he made was to CJ Crone, which turns into a three-run homer, which was... Which were the entire runs that he gave up? If you look at his uh, his line yesterday, home six run. innings, three runs, and you know he's given you quality starts in three out of four starts, Greg. And the one where he didn't, it was five and two thirds of two earned run ball against the Red Sox. Wow, pretty, pretty good, good lineup. So uh, yesterday ran into some trouble with the walks again, gives up the home run to CJ Crone, and when things aren't necessarily working right for Shoemaker, this is what can happen, Greg, because he, he's so splitter heavy that there are times where he can't locate it for strikes. And that's when people are laying off of it. Uh, and then, you know, he tries to l- bring it up in the zone, and then he ends up getting crushed. So these are kind of the, the two bugaboos for him at times giving up walks and then giving up the home runs. But mm-hmm. for the most part of the season, uh, he's been great. It is worth mentioning his first two starts when he goes seven, it was against Baltimore and Detroit. Past two starts against the Twins and the Red Sox. He's still been very good. He should be owned. There's no doubt in my mind he should be owned.
0: I agree with you. Next start is in Oakland for Matt Shoemaker. The other interesting part of this pitching was that Joe Biagini uh, gets the save, his first save of the season. Is it a normal day off for Ken Giles, Frank, or is there something more at play here?
3: I think there's a little something at play here. Um, there was an update after the game that he was, quote, sick, uh, but I also tweeted at a beat reporter uh, of the Blue Jays uh, regarding Ken Giles to see what was going on, and someone else responded to me saying that uh, the broadcast talked about him having like a heating pad on his back, so... I don't know if like the sickness was just kind of an excuse. Just couldn't get loose, maybe? Uh, yeah, like maybe I something be going surprised. on with a back injury. Or, yeah. you know, I don't want to speculate too much, but the last times he pitched were Saturday and Thursday, so typically he should have been good to go for last night's game. So I think it is worth noting that uh, for your Ken Giles shares out there in deeper leagues where we're constantly speculating on saves, if anything happens to him, it looks like Joe Biagini is the next man up.
0: Probably okay. so. Danny Hudson uh, pitched the eighth inning in this one I want to get to Yelich after the break because I want to be able to kind of have enough time to, to to do that uh where can I go where can I hit you know what break's coming now, so that worked out perfectly <laughs> when we come back we're gonna hit on Christian Yelich we're going to hit on the White Sox and the Royals the Rangers putting up 12 runs against the Angels as well and we're gonna wrap up everything and tell you what to look forward to on a Tuesday night When we return, it's the Fantasy Best Friends Forever final 20 minutes coming up right after this.
1: Russell Wilson is the standard bearer, in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers does it in a slightly different way in terms of mobility in the pocket. But Russell Wilson is the model. And Russell Wilson, you know, guys like Baker Mayfield, guys like Kyler Murray can thank Russell Wilson um, for, in my opinion, proving another way the quarterback position can be played weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
2: Maurice Allen 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion 2017 world number one me personally I keep my game face on me all the time especially coming out of the bunker leaving the range or even leaving the course
1: The morning after, the reports were in the Golden State Warrior room that it was the quietest that it's ever been, like worse than even the finals. I feel it's interesting too that you figured that the Warriors had won so much, and they would have almost laughed it off. But they were legitimately in shock, so much so that like the GM had to come in and talk to everyone and say, "Listen, it's okay." I'd be a little worried about if I was a something, <laughs> because now they're just going to be really angry. Weekdays, nine a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
0: Back with you here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's all been done before. Tune in to make it rain with Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern as they start your mornings doing the best to get you addicted to sports wagering. The show is available on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app on iHeart. I tune in and you can catch the video the program right here on the Fantasy Sports YouTube page, as well as your favorite OTT provider. It's Make It Rain with Joe and Dean on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fantasy Sports Radio Network YouTube page, week day from six to 9 a.m. Eastern. Now you don't want to use the headphones?
2: Are they working? Of
0: course they're working. I, I fix things around here. Keep talking. I, I fix oh, them. These are
3: really tight on my head. Did my head get bigger? Frankly or did, or did these headphones get smaller?
0: They're different headphones.
3: <laughs> you could also Have they ever been used before? They feel extremely new.
0: Now, now I give you better headphones and you complain. They're also adjustable. Correct. Thanks, adjustable. <laughs> uh,
3: all right. Thanks, Greg. Uh, it's working well. I can hear you and I can hear myself.
0: That's that's great. I'm glad I'm glad I was able to help you. Why are you it, being sarcastic? In Milwaukee last night. The Brew Crew defeated the Cardinals 10 to 7. Freddy Peralta doesn't make it through four, allowing three runs, three walks, three Ks.
3: Oh, what do you know? Big hits. Freddy.
2: Shelled. Sorry, Ventura. You know who I had going yesterday? Listen, time is. has come and gone. Freddy Peralta, Joey Lucchese, and Aaron Nola. So it wasn't a great day for you. Horrible day. What did those guys equal? Like five fantasy points combined for you? I'll tell you, but keep talking. I'll tell you. In a
0: On the other side, Dakota <laughs> Hudson also got destroyed three and two-thirds, eight hits, six runs. To me, on the Cardinals, Re- Alex Reyes is in AAA. Sure would like to see him stretched out as a starter to replace Dakota Hudson. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Hudson's Anyone
3: in the, co- uh, in the Cardinals' front office is
0: listening. Now sits <laughs> at six. The big story in this one, of course, was Christian Yelich going deep, not once, not twice, but three times. It was his seventh home run of the season against the Cardinals. He has seven home runs this season against St. Louis.
3: That's insane. That's,
0: That's insane. more than most players have in total. <laughs> he has eight home runs overall. Wow, what a star for the reigning MVP. His bat just stays through the zone so long. I feel like you know, like he, he
2: could just control the like Trout. You know how Trout could like hit a ball by his kneecap and just like go the opposite way with it. Like I feel like Yelich is the same type of hitter. Just could hit everything in every zone. He has no cold zone. You can't get him anywhere, and he could go oppo. He could pull it. He does everything you want out of a hitter. He's the prototypical three-hitter that you want in your lineup. The brew is a static right now what they got.
3: Greg, you know how people take uh, victory laps regarding players? Based on what we've seen thus far, if you were a Christian Yelich guy or girl, take a victory lap. Yeah, I, I don't care because if he keeps this up, Greg— In terms of his launch angle, because everyone said that he couldn't replicate what he did last year, right? Because his home run to fly ball ratio was astronomical. There's no way someone can keep that up. But what do we say about him his entire career? He was one launch angle uptick away from being amazing. And one ballpark away. Yeah. Now he plays in Miller Park. His launch angle this year, on average, 14.5 degree launch angle. Do you want to guess what his launch angle was last year, which tied a career high, Greg? This year, it's 14.5 on
2: which is average. It, which isn't... Which, which is... Not that great. So,
3: like, like, 14.5 is, on average, it's a line drive.
2: Right. It's, it's a not drive. like a home run no, launch no, no. angle, yeah. But this is on average.
3: What, what would you say it was last year, Greg? 12.5. 4.7. So, how do he so he- you're telling me that if he, he's upping his launch angle by 10 degrees this season making a conscious effort now. I don't know that he's ever done this before. To hit more line drives and more fly balls, given his contact skills, Greg, with his strikeout rate actually being down this season to 14%, and his average exit velocity at 95 miles per hour. Doing what he's doing and lifting the ball,
2: the guy can hit 40 to 50 home runs, Greg. And, and that's not just me over-exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. He can hit 40 Wait, to 50 I, home runs. I got a runs. question. What was his launch angles well, before that? Like like when he was hitting. So in 18, twenty in 2016, home sixteen
3: runs. in twenty sixteen when he hit, let's see here, he had twenty one home runs right with right. the Marlins that year. His launch average launch angle was two point five degrees. Wow, and he's in twenty one home runs. Five. La- and the the two seasons after that, it was four point seven in twenty seventeen. It was four point seven last year in twenty eighteen. Uh-huh. This year it is fourteen point five degrees. Now he's lifting the ball finally, and he plays in Miller Park. Park. Reggie, he can hit legit, 40, hit 40 plus home runs this year. He might hit 45.
0: Why well, don't take Ronald Acuna?
3: <laughs> well, oh, here's Cunha's the thing. Great. We Cunha's can't great, project no? something that we've never seen him do before. Well, and it's not like, you know, true. they weren't going to give it away before the season that, oh, well, he's going to just try and live. Like, you know, Obviously. he wants to keep people guessing coming into the year. You know, like, there was no way for us to project something that he's never done before. But we've always you, said this about Yelich, that if he started to, if he just upped the fly ball rate by, 5-7%, you know, yeah. that he can be awesome. Yeah. But I mean, based on this, right. uh, he
2: can legitimately hit 40 to 50 home runs. No, definitely. I, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. And you can't really predict it, like, you know, something that they've never done before, but you can, in a sense. All the people that said maybe he can't hit 30 plus, hom- 35 plus homers before, it, you know, earlier in his career. I would say, because to myself, when I, knowing what I know, when I saw Christian Dell's first come up, I was like, listen, this guy's hitting 38 doubles, 36 doubles. Doubles do turn into homers eventually if the guy makes the right adjustments as he gets comfortable with the league. Um, And, you know, 38, 36 doubles can turn into homers after a while. And, you know, last year he only had 34 doubles, but he had 38, 36 homers as opposed to 18 or 21. So I think that's part of it, too. You could see it slowly coming. You know what I mean? Power is also gained over the years from when you're early 20s to your late 20s. You're most powerful, probably, in your late 20s, early 30s. So, I would say, you know, this is just a natural progression from no one expected 36 homers out of nowhere, but I think you could have seen this coming a little bit. If you would have hit like 28 last year, I think it was like the next step was 35.
3: You know what I mean? But even I, even I said this regarding Gelich coming into the year, and I wasn't off him because I always said even if he regresses, he can regress to the point where he's still a first-round player. He had 36 home runs last year and hit 326. And what I was saying was, let's say he hits 28 home runs and steals 20 to 25 bases and hits over 300. And the counting stats, because he plays in the Brewers lineup and in Miller Park— He was still going to give you around 100 runs scored, around 100 RBIs. That's a first-round player. Mm -hmm. So even if he regressed from last year, he was still going to be a first-round player. And now he's doing something different that we've never seen before. From 2017 to 2018, he lowered his ground ball rate by 4%. That was last year. Okay, modest improvement. He hits line drives 5% more. This year, Greg, he's lowered his ground ball rate from 51.8% last season to 43.6% this year. That is huge for him. Huge. His fly ball rate is up from 23% last year to 38% this year. You're telling me this isn't a conscious decision that the Brewers didn't come to him in the offseason and they were like, hey man, look, you're one tweak away from, if you lift the ball a a little bit, we know that you square the ball up, you obviously hit the ball extremely hard. Now, can you continue to do that while hitting a few more fly balls this season? And if he just bought into it He's hitting 40-plus home runs this year. Yeah. No, it's a conscious effort. Without now, doubt. It's, it's, does he keep this up, Greg? That's the biggest question. I think Obviously. so. I yeah, think so. so. So, you know, is, does he go back to kind of hitting ground balls again? It's like, I don't think so because we're seeing this now. It's a trend three years in a row where right. he's lowering the ground ball rate and he's raising the fly ball rate. He he's may, doing this on
2: purpose. Right. No, absolutely. And he may get into slumps where he's hitting, you know, ground balls as opposed to fly balls, you know what I mean, and, not, and has like a home run slump at some point. But I don't think it would last too long. The guy's just too good of a hitter. For that to last, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit 45 homers. I really wouldn't. Dude, even the year 2017 when he hit 18 homers, that was a fantastic season. He was a top outfielder that year. Look at all the numbers across the board. He was a top outfielder there. So you knew this guy was a talented player. So you, 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 if you bought him back then, you're reaping the benefits now because, you know, if you keep buying back into him, the guy's just one of the best hitters in the league. Now he's just, you know, consciously making an effort to hit fl- more fly balls to get more home runs. I mean, and the plate of, discipline on the year, 11 strikeouts, 11 walks. So he's
3: mm-hmm. getting better even in terms of plate discipline. And, you know, if he's going to continue hitting home runs like this, people are not going to want to pitch to him, but it's a really strong Brewers lineup, so you kind of have to pick your poison. Do you want to walk the guy and let him get on base? He's going to walk 100 times this year because of this. 100 times.
2: And he's never
3: walked more than 80 in his career. 80's a lot, though. But, yeah, if he, if he keeps this up, he's, he's going to approach 100. 100, yeah. He might exceed it. You're right about We're that. we probably like
2: 25 intentional
3: walks. There, there's just everything to like right now, Greg. And, and, to, and in my opinion, it's not an overreaction because we know how good he is. He was the MVP last year, and he's getting better. He's in the prime of his career. Yeah. He's 27 years old, seeing the ball well, hitting it hard, lifting it now, not striking out, walking more. This is... This was... this I'm trying to figure out how to word this. People didn't want to buy him coming off a career year, but now he might, he might up his career year. This might be his career year, and then next year everyone's going to want to buy in, and then maybe that's the year that like, we get the regression, right? Because, like, I don't know. I don't think there I'm is a regression out, like,
2: coming for a long time. Yeah, I think like this, He might just keep getting better. Yeah, he might be a, one of the best He's players in, in the that league age. for the next 10 years. He might be a generational player that we're talking about, possibly a Hall of Fame at 10 years from now. That's the type of guy we're profiling right here right now. I mean, look at, look at this career path right now. It's insane. He does everything well. He does everything exceptionally well. And, you know, you could find this in other guys too right now. Like Contreras, we talked about it. If he's hitting more on an angle, right, because he's a big-time ground ball hitter, he, he hits the ball hard, he's going to hit more home runs. Contreras is going to have a much better year because of that. So guys that are consciously doing this, that are normally ground ball guys, might blow up as well. Josh Bell comes to mind. Josh Bell comes to mind, man. It's a guy that could have a similar career path. I don't know. It's looking for your pass, Christian Yelich. Well, I mean, he's not going to hit 36 homers, but
0: (laughs) probably probably not. Just making that clear.
2: Yeah, yeah, but he might hit. He's going to be an MVP. He might hit 25 to 30. He might hit 30 this year.
0: Mikey Moustakis also hit home run for the Brewers last night, by the way. His sixth home run of the season. Travis Shaw was back in the lineup as well. He struck out three times. He's off to a dreadful start. We talked about him a little bit uh, on last week's show. Paul Goldschmidt also hit his seventh home run of the year for St. Louis by Marzell Ozuna continues his rake, Frank. Yeah, if you had
3: any concerns regarding Marcelo Zuna, those are in the back of your mind by now, Greg. I know we had the, uh, the side issue. We didn't know if it was an oblique or not. Uh, we had the, the, the fiasco with the wall, trying to climb the wall and, and, and catch the ball, and we all saw how that ended. It was <laughs> terrible. But this is what he does. I mean, as, as long as he's healthy, last year he wasn't healthy, and I truly believe that. Uh, as long as he's healthy, look, He's hitting in a great spot in a great lineup. Again, behind Carpenter, Goldschmidt, and DeYoung. That's just a great spot to. Who do you pitch to? Uh, like, how do you choose who to pitch to, right? So the answer is nobody. And uh, he's coming up with guys He'll, on base, and the RBIs have been there. He's already got 13 ribbies, and he's got six home runs now, too. He how hits many a home run off Josh
2: have? Hader, of all people. He hits a home run off Josh Hader. Yeah. How many walks does he have, by the way, right now? Are you looking at
3: it? Uh, regarding Ozuna, I don't have that. All right, hold up right Because now.
2: I feel like he'll get a lot more walks this year too, just for the fact that there's kind of a drop off after him. What oh, about come on. Don't don't sell Yadier Molina. I mean, he's not gonna scare it's you. Actually, with not, any crazy power,
3: and he's not like that. walking at all. He has two walks on the season.
2: So he needs to he's
3: got a 3% it. walk rate. But maybe he's he the guy. He should take advantage of that. Maybe he's the guy that, okay, like, let them walk the the batters ahead of me, and then I'm just going to be the one that the lets him right, Like right. Let me just come up with guys on base, and I'm going to try and do as much damage as I possibly right.
2: can. I could just see pitchers, though, saying, you know, who would I rather face, Azuna or Molina next? You sure. know what I mean? In a lot of situations. So And everyone's buying
3: in, Greg, so far. So, like, We've mentioned the past couple of years, everyone's buying into launch angle. It seems this year specifically, a lot of guys that have Makes always sense. hit the ball on the ground, even Marcelo Zuna in his career, he's a 47% ground ball rate. We always said it was a little bit too high. This year, he's lowered the ground ball rate by 10%. He's hitting more line drives. He's hitting more fly balls. And it's working out for him. He's already, he's already got six home runs. And yeah, he could be a steal. Last year, he only hit 23.
2: So, mm-hmm. I mean, he did, he did major damage in Miami. Thirty-seven went, home yeah. runs two years ago. So, man. but he wasn't healthy last year, and he still hit two eighty with eighty-eight ribbies. Right. So you know that the guy's obviously going to have a big year if he stays healthy. Definitely has a really weird beard though, Greg. Yes, it's like dyed blonde. It's like Antonio Brown's mustache. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's blonde. That's
3: just. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for crazy hair, facial hair stuff. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, that, I don't that that like blonde his. mustache for uh, Antonio Brown. It's brutal. It looked like you know. I'll tell you exactly what it looked Caterpillar? like. Caterpillar. A rotten. Milk mustache.
2: Yeah, that's what it looked like, Greg. <laughs> yeah, a dirty milk mustache. Yeah, yeah. gross, Antonio Ew. Brown.
0: I do want to note uh, a couple other notes. We only have like four minutes left, so I'm jump around here. Jump around. Delato de Shields at his sixth sixth seal of the season. Found it, found it, Greggy. I <laughs> ah, got
3: him. You're not uh, getting that out of me. <laughs> he, he wasn't a DeShield. De You're guy. a hater. You're a hater on the Shields. OBP
0: is 370 right now for the Shields.
3: Batting average isn't necessarily there, but he's always had decent plate discipline in terms of walks, Greg. He struggles with strikeouts in his career. He's around a 20 22% strikeout rate. That's too high for a speedster. Normally, you'd want a guy that makes more contact. Hey, just hit the ball into the ground and run it out. That's what we want you to do.
0: But he actually has good plate discipline too, Greg. He walks a lot. I found it interesting that Danny Santana, who started this game at second base for the Rangers, was right in the two-hole in Rune- Rugnet Odor's spot. Yeah. And he went two for five. He stole two bases yesterday.
3: Basically doing what we want R- Rug Basically Odor to <laughs> Rugned Odor being
0: Rugned Odor. Interesting. Are you scared? It, I would say in
3: deeper leagues, I'm, I'm, interested. I'm interested. For sure. I'm A.O. only, he's going to play. Middle infielder. You know, in a, in a 15-team mixed roto, if he's batting between Shinsu Chu and, and right ahead of Elvis Andrus and well, Nomar Mazzara and Joey Gallo, Adding say, second in a good ballpark too. It's how a good long spot. is he going to be in the? I mean, how, when is O'Dor supposed to come back? He's not picking up a bat for the next two weeks.
0: We know that. Uh, um, yeah,
3: it might be a short-term thing. It but, might not be. Like, you could. It, it could just be him and, and O'Dor tied together, right? Like as yeah. long as O'Dor is out, start this guy.
0: We could see some Logan Forsythe in there. I as do. Well, I, as well uh, yeah,
3: Logan Forsythe played yesterday and started at first base because uh, Ronald Guzman's hurt. Yeah. Right. Ron- so it's not like I don't think Forsythe is going to take Danny Santana's playing time.
2: They'll all get time. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say this by the way. Four, uh, Enola had four points, Lucchese had 8.6, Peralta had 2.7, oh, so God. that's a total
0: of... Less than 15. Yeah, yeah right around 15. Right, 15 right around 15. Not what you want. And I faced Bauer,
2: pitches. who had 26.4. So his one pitcher had 10 more points than me, or more, uh, against my three pitchers. It is worth
3: mentioning, that start. Let's start <laughs> to the week. Uh, I, was, uh, I was sipping some hate raid regarding Christian Yelich last night. I have zero shares of Christian Yelich. And I'm going up against Florio in our home league, head-to-head points league. He has Yelich. Every time I see the Brewers' score runs, I click on their box score, Christian Yelich, Yelich homers. I'm, Yelich. Are you Yelich. serious? Bro, he put up like 25 fantasy points yesterday in my home league. He is. That's basically what a starting pitcher who has a really good start does in our league. So Christian Yelich had a great start yesterday yeah. as a pitcher. And that was his, basically.
2: One, his first game. And he hit oh, three
3: homers. Game. <laughs> so I was giving Florio
2: some hey, crap earlier on, but he is worth because I'm a hater. He's he one has guy Yelich going against that. me, man. I was I was so pissed. He's he's worth that first round pick. Like he's he he's really worth it. Like.
3: it. it worked out because he he had Richards and Syndergaard pitch, and they both basically gave him zero fantasy points.
2: They were not good. Yeah, yeah.
3: But then he had Yelich go off, made up for it, a little and he bit. had Encarnacion give him a homer. And he had plea give him a homer, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Every time I look down at his team, they're That's hitting another brutal. home run.
2: Uh, I want to do a thing feeling. before we end. Mazzara starting to get heat up a little bit. I think this is a guy that could
0: have his finally, finally have his breakout year. Joey Gallo hit his fifth home run of the season Gallo. yesterday as well. By the way, Brad Boxberger continues to pitch late in games of the Royals. It doesn't make sense. Sucks. It's very bad. He sucks. Very bad. <laughs> Shout out to Beef Castillo who got on the board and Hunter Dozier. If you're still out there, pick him up. He is scorching how do we hot. We go scorched? two hours without talking about Hunter another home run? <laughs> run. Man, time, man. You guys spent like and half an hour. Idea of but Chris Fincher, I hear that. Chris Ventura, I think Bubba, I want to thank all the guys downstairs. We're Frank Stanford, I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. Couldn't
1: catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, sober.